Hey Angels, it's Amy from the Freud's Angels podcast. And Vanessa. We're here to bring you a special series about my journey and rewriting my narrative around my body and redefining my relationship with it. And along the way, as Amy is on this journey, we will bring to you gifts that come out of it, ways that you can handle your own body journey, things that you can think about in order to reclaim your own narrative. Now let's get to it. Hi, angels. How are we today? Welcome back. Body series, body reclamation series. Let's let's yeah. use the official term. Um, powerful. Episode number three, Vanessa. What are we going to talk about in this episode? We're going to talk about on this journey the supporting actresses, <laughs> our, our our team of actresses that are around us when we are on journeys like this and this one in particular. Um, you know the the other things that we need to line up with us on our way um, on this journey so that it can be effective and so that we're doing you know the good work that needs to be done in order to actually heal and not just complete steps yes and as always <laughs> we will always tell you that your heart and your mind have to be in there your soul has to be in there there's a lot of, there's a lot um that has to be aligned in order to make true change and to do true healing so those will come up today and they will be as you know as always we'll we're inspired by um by amy's journey and we'll see where that takes us in, you know, being able to uh, help you understand yourself as part of that. Yeah. And with that, we'll begin with the brief check-in. Um, only because, friends, I think real time is important. I think that even though we're bringing you points, we're bringing you, you know, action points, journaling points, there's the in-between that we sometimes miss because we're not talking to each other every day or we're not doing a podcast every day. And so I think it's important to also check in my mental, emotional health, where I'm at, what I'm feeling about this process. So I know many of you heard um, my video, watched my video in our private group about when we do something that courageous or we take risks that we need to sometimes give ourselves the grace and comfort and kindness and nurturing on the other side of that nothing ever happens in a vacuum none of my realizations or my understanding or my knowledge comes from just you know a lot of times it does come from the angels but this one in particularly not so much it came from understanding that about myself um on friday i am I have been asked to be an ambassador for a self-love ambassador for a company called All Things Boudoir. They are, their, um, their role is to empower women to accept themselves where they're at, to feel good about themselves, to feel sexy, to feel good, to feel whole, powerful, and empowered. And so they asked me to be a self-love ambassador and what that entailed was I had a photo shoot. I'll spare you the details as far as like the outfits and whatever. It was, I had, a, I was 
I was sure about doing it. I knew like in my heart that I was really kind of like, yeah, I want to do this because I want to do this for me and everyone else who needs to see photos of an overweight person or a bigger girl and how beautiful that can be and to find acceptance around that for myself. Well, I had so much fun. The, the girls were amazing. It's an all female crew. The photographer had someone in training. So I was pumped that I got to meet the girl that was doing it and the train, the trainee. Um, we had a lot of fun. They were inclusive. They were very much like they, t- they took you step by step through all the poses, through everything. It was exhausting. It was like yoga. It really was. <laughs> it's like, you know, and they helped. I mean, I was like, yeah, I don't kind of bend that way. I can't stand up on my, you know, kneel on my whatever's because my certain ways, my body's just doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no problem. Let's do it this way. And we found alternate things. So they were very inclusive as far as the body ability and as well as the idea of what good looks good of what chunky girls look good. So the experience was fun. The aftermath, a little overwhelming. My brain is having a very hard time with the experience, with the idea that we're trying to change it, the idea that we're trying to shift the mind into accepting versus its role of, you know, its previous role of always degrading the old narratives. Um, But it's also like, I can't believe you just did that. What the fuck? Like it, the risk was so great in it that it like my head actually hurts. Like it's, I have a headache because of its, its consternation, so to speak. Um, So yesterday I slept most of the day in avoidance of my brain. Um, Today. Or to rest your brain. Yes, both, both. (laughs) both because sometimes I just need to like give me get I need a break from my brain um today as I was doing things we were doing the podcast I have felt like it's all too much everything is all too much mm-hmm. it my brain wants to go into get rid of and hide like I was like I didn't want to do the podcast I didn't want to record it was all too much like all of this exposure, all of this vulnerability, it's just all too much and we can't do it. We can't sustain this. <laughs> Thank God I understand my brain and I understand how it works. Mm-hmm. And I just gave it a little bit of a, it's okay. We're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we, today we recorded kind of a fun podcast. We, we just, we had a lot of fun. We talked about some things. We, Vanessa had a major epiphany about some project <laughs> ideas, which were amazing. And I'm here and I'm going to record my body series because every part of me does not want to do it, but it's important. What, and I, I knew what we were going to talk about today. That's the other thing I knew. I know we're going to be safe in what we're talking about today. So I was like, yeah, it's okay. My brain is going to be okay with this because we're going to talk about it. <laughs> right. right. We're going to give it, give it its voice. And I think that, you know, in some ways that it lines up with what we're talking about. I mean, my experience and how I'm feeling, you know, is really coinciding with the head and the mind. Now we did a podcast on our regular podcast series. It was like number three, two or three. Very early. Yeah. Yeah. That we did. Cause right out the gate. Cause that was one of the tools 
that I was like, people need to know how to do this because it's essential for, you know, well-being. It's essential for growth. Um, literally the basis of our brand. (laughs) (laughs) Um, if you're just starting on your journey, you will know what I mean about the brain trying to shut you down the brain, like always having a narrative of, you know, you can't do this. What if this happens? You know, all those, what ifs that your brain tries to give you the worst case scenario or the brain tells you that something is too risky to do or that you can't do it. It's always preventing you or sabotaging your process. Mm-hmm. When, when I discovered, when I, I've had this my whole life, my brain has been trying to keep me safe. It's because it's learned it's had to because of trauma. Right. Because that I have experienced as a child, my brain learned very quickly that I needed to be protected, i.e. its narratives. Now, some of you may think, but yet, how is belittling you or having a narrative of self-hatred or self-whatever, how is that protecting? I know it seems counterintuitive, but if you feel less than if you feel inferior, you're not going to take steps outside your comfort zone to do anything. So it's a way of manipulating and controlling you to not to be courageous, to not do things that are outside your comfort zone. If you feel less than. Right. So you don't get more evidence. Right. Because that's the thought process. So when I now understand my relationship with my brain has came about as a truce when oh, I don't know what year it was probably the year before we started the podcast um 19 eight, 2018 or 19 okay well, I was in therapy my goal at that point was to create a connection between what my heart wants and what and my mind and to try to team them up as decision-making duos mm-hmm. versus against each other. Because I knew that whatever else I have to do in my life and my healing process, without that connection, it's going to be twice as hard. It's going to be twice as difficult because I know what my heart wants sometimes, but my mind is never going to let me get there because it thinks it wants something different. Mm-hmm. And so some of what I had to do was a give it another give it another purpose. Because when you take away its purpose, meaning like not degrading you, kind of you have to give it something else to do. Right. You can't just have, leave it in a vacuum. That's when it gets scared. Right. It's gonna make but, up a story no matter what. It's gonna right. be a detective no matter what. So when I went into therapy one day and I was I'm very thankful that my therapist knew um, some light hip- hypnotherapy. And so we went into hypnotherapy and we started to talk about what, you know, we started to give space, allowing my brain to say what it wanted to say, like point blank, no, no filter. We looked at my brain as an entity in this hypnotherapy and we're like, I want to hear what you have to say. And it said, no, it was like, I don't want to talk to you. Uh, And so I had, there was a lot of cajoling. There was a lot of, it was a very wounded child, so to speak. 
And in the end, I discovered when it finally wanted to talk to me, it talked to me and it was very upset. And it was like, you do the same thing everyone else has done. You never listen to me. You never give me the space of a voice. You do the same thing your mother did to me. And it was like, I was like this big, huge, like, oh shit. You know, you're always shutting me down. You're always just telling me that I'm, I'm, you know, just being, you, you just, you don't ever pay attention. And so I have to get extreme with my words and my thoughts and my, and my positions on things for you to even listen to what I have to say. And I was like, okay, so this works for some people. Some people it doesn't, it, it was you know, sometimes when we give the energy of what an ent- a part of us has to say, you know, some people, it doesn't work for them, but for me, it does. Um, typical Gemini. Hello. Um, so when I heard what it had to say, what it felt, the words that it felt, I, I was able to apologize. I was able to say, shit, you're right. Our mother did this. This is the one thing we hate about our mother was that she never listened to us and never validated our fear, our upset, our emotion. She just said, well, I don't see it that way. And she never, I'm like, and what I had done is created the same environment with my mind as my mother did with me as a kid. So Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, my mental status was that of that teenage, that 12 year old, that 13 year old, that 14 year old who still wasn't being heard. Sure. And I was like, well, fuck. And I was ashamed a little bit because I was like, oh, I did what my mother did. And I didn't want to do that. But I was like, okay. So I did, I spent a good couple of weeks. Like my, when my brain had something to say, I'm like, okay, brain, what do you guys say? Every time I made a decision, every time I, you know, I know it sounds ridiculous, but every time I stepped into a space where my brain kind of started to throw up red flags, I would sit down and I would actually take the time and say, what you got to say about this? I'm here and I'm listening and created an open environment where I actively heard what my brain had to say. Love that. Giving it space, giving it food for thought. And then, you know, and then through my heart, of course, with love and with reverence and being like, wow, shit, I can so see why you're afraid of this happening because I, I get it. It's happened all our life. That's all that's ever happened. I get that. Oh, that must be so hard to want to, to not to, that you don't want to experience it again. I get that. And then I worked after that, I worked on creating a truce mm-hmm. between the two. We created a pact. My, my heart would always ask for my brain's opinion, <laughs> but my brain would allow the heart to make either a compromise or make a decision based on what's best for us. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I have to say, okay, let's try this. If it doesn't work, we'll revert to what you want. Yeah. And to give it, give it space, give it a, a place to say what it needs to say. It's fear. It's like, it's like when you're upset and you're afraid of something, but you're reacting in a very kind of like, over the top way it's because you're something's not being heard right something's not being listened to right so get loud because they need to be loud (laughs) they do and and then they get and then they use words and they use phrases and they use moments like they they really 
you know, make it like seem like the world's ending. Yeah. Getting attention for you to listen to it. So yeah. the first part of the journey for me was creating that sense of, um, I will hear you. I will hear you. Now, I always didn't make the choices it liked, but I will listen and I will validate how it's feeling because it's based off of pain. It's based from trauma we've experienced. It's not that it's coming from left field with all of these, you know, you're fat and ugly, you're, you know, or you can't do that or, or that's too dangerous or you shouldn't be out in the public eye. It didn't just materialize with those thought processes. It learned it or it had to create it due to unsafety. For sure. So, yeah, it's huge. I think it, you know, like the way that you described it is perfect. Um, and I think that that's, you know, it's difficult for people to do. Um, it's difficult for people to do period, um, full stop. But, (laughs) um, I think, you know, like when I'm working with people in, in counseling, that's exactly what we have to do. And sometimes that process has to be the only way that it can be done properly is by yourself. And that's where, you know, like, it's, it's like, I'm not here to be your guide guide. I'm here to help you guide yourself so that you can have these private moments with yourself so that you can make your own truces or if you will, or make your own peace with yourself. I'm not in here to inject peace. I'm not in here to tell you what's okay and what's not okay. I'm here to help lead you to look at it, to lead you to the courage to be able to do that. And that idea of listening to your brain, that's all we, I mean, it's all we do in psychology is what is your brain telling you, right? Where did that come from? How do we switch it? You know, I mean, it's literally that basic of what we do in psychology. Now, you know, we get somebody like me, we introduce the heart and it becomes more complicated. And I think that that's, you know, why therapy becomes so hard for people. Sometimes they really want it to be like shock therapy was, (laughs) or was supposed to be like, so we just go ahead and brain does everything different now. Right. (laughs) (laughs) The reset. Right. Exactly. And it's kind of like, well, no, (laughs) but in a way, you know, it, it is a little bit comforting to understand that that can be the, the process that we're getting at. It's just that we have to do it, you know, and being able to pause and being able to have uh, sympathy and empathy for that programming and that process, rather than the negative feelings that we always have about them is the way. I mean, we always say this even about child rearing. If you use force and you use negativity, you're teaching force and negativity. If you can teach with kindness, if you can teach with, with slowness, if you can teach with patience, they'll learn, right? Because they're, they're able to accept that. That's an, that's an environment that we can accept knowledge in. We can't when we're in fight or flight. And that's what we're trying to do with our brain is like, Hey man, I'm not here to attack you. (laughs) Right? Like I am not here to tell you that you're a shitty brain. I'm not here to tell you that you're dumb and that, you know, like all of those things that you think are coming because I've done it before. You know, I'm here to say, I'm sorry that I didn't listen before and I'm listening now so that I can, you know, it's like when we talk about walking with our shadows so that I can take your hand and say, show me, show me where this came from. 
because I want to change it. I want you to not have to struggle with this either brain. You know, I mean, when we talk about this stuff, when we talk about it as a separate entity, it really helps us, I think, put it into perspective what really is happening versus that idea that it's just this big lump of, of brain cells and neurons that are firing. You know, it's so much more than that. And we have a lot of ability to influence it if we allow ourselves to believe that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and does my brain still want to go rogue sometimes? You bet. It definitely does now, right? Like this weekend, it's ready to lose its shit because it did, because <laughs> we did something, but I'm waiting for it to get to a space where it's open to receiving, to hear and to have a discussion right now. It's like a child having a bit of a temper tantrum Mm -hmm. and just wanting to exclude and go hide and run and hide. So Mm -hmm. I've allowed myself that time, the hermitage, so to speak. And, you know, and I do like yesterday we slept. Okay. We didn't really experience the world in a big way. We, you know, we watched some TV. We were very emotional I was, you know, I'm still kind of emotional, you know, you could get me to cry at a drop of a hat, but at the same time, I know that this process I'm experiencing is necessary for the part of reclaiming my physical being. Mm-hmm. It's just afraid. It's just the heart is afraid of what's happening. The heart is afraid of you know, what happens if we do reclaim the body? What does that mean? You know, what is it, what does it mean that we take empowering photographs? And are you really going to put that, you know, as people are going to see that, like, you're really going to allow that? Like, you know, it's, it's afraid of all the things that I've done in my past resurfacing again. Yeah. Well, yeah. and also, I mean, it's, it is a signal and, 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 unfairly so a signal that there might be a war coming yeah from things that are not from the inside right like and this is this is where especially when we talk about body and face and you know things like that we know the reality and our brain knows the reality that someone somewhere isn't going to accept what we've done regardless of what the reasoning is right? Like somebody's going to (gasps) go like, (laughs) I can't believe your body, you know, like is being shown period, no matter what shape it is. You know, there are people who believe you shouldn't do that to begin with taking the pictures to begin with. Then there are people that maybe don't believe in your body type or in any number of things. Our brain is not stupid. Our brain knows that there's a possible war that will come and that we are going to have to battle the idea that this is evidence to support not doing it <laughs> because it's pain and we're trying to avoid pain. Right. You know, and that, that, that training of, we're not really trying to avoid pain. Pain is not avoidable. It just isn't. We do go to battle, but what we do is we learn how to have, you know, stronger armor. We learn how to walk away from more. We learn how to turn our backs on the idea that other people have control over this, over the way that I feel about myself. And that takes a while. That takes steps like this. That takes, you know, leaps of faith. That takes courage. And it does take, you know, a lot of energy to be able to do that, to be able to step into those spaces and and hang out in them and say, all right, how do we feel? We just did something. 
what, what's, what's going to happen? It's natural for us to go, well, what are the things we're going to come up against? Yeah. You know, um, but we get, we do have that opportunity to be able to say, well, how do I want to react? How do I really wish that I could feel? Cause I, that's what I'm trying to manufacture here. And unless I can dream that I'm not going to be able to, to achieve it. So let's do that. Let's get into that space. Let's think about it. Let's think about what it's going to feel like to feel good about this choice. What is it going to feel like when the people are encouraging us for being brave? Because that's equally likely to happen. It's going to happen. There are people who are going to applaud us too. Why are we going to let them be small and let the, you know, the, the minority that says something negative be big yep. conversations we have with our minds. And, you know, and as you begin to understand your brain, as you begin to understand what sets it off, what, how it is triggered, how it deals with what you do and the the risks that you take and understand, you have a better understanding of maybe how to prepare it for the event. Um, You also have a better understanding of what'll happen on the other side. I mean, yesterday I didn't, I expected a fallout with my brain, but I didn't expect to the capacity that it's at. Sure. I didn't, I didn't necessarily, but I realized in talking and I just, I had to write it down because um, something for me to discuss in therapy is like my fear of intimacy, like the experience I've had around intimacy and the dysfunction that I've had around intimacy and, and the idea of not allowing someone you know, like I want to eventually manifest my own partner and, and like, how do I manage that through this, this distorted sense of intimacy and not allowing someone to love me and allowing that love in. And, you know, and so all of this is like showing up because I know my, you know, having my brain and hearing and, and understanding that it, it, everything that we did in that photo shoot links to the times we've, you know, we've overextended our intimacy, like the, the dysfunction of our intimacy and, mm-hmm. and how it, it felt too much like that yes. and too much like disregarding everything else for intimacy. And mm-hmm. so all of that is like showing up in my face right now. And it's like, Oh, okay. I have some shit to talk about with my therapist now. Um, <laughs> Love that real time y'all. Real but time. you know, cause, cause as I listen to myself, I'm like, Oh, and then like, hearing my brain and like giving it space. So you want to, you want to learn, you want your brain to kind of begin to slow down, begin to give you space, not go to DEFCON 11 before you've had first step. And step number one is hear what it has to say. Not the parts of you're ugly, you're fat, you're, you're no good. You're not enough. Not those recordings, but listen, ask it what it's afraid of like because everything your brain reacts to is out of fear absolutely it's just it's what it is so if you sit down in prayer in sort of kind of like a meditation in quietness and say okay brain you're afraid of something what are you afraid of and just kind of let it come to you let the image, let the feeling, let the situation, like mine shows me images, mine shows me feeling and, and, and allow it to have its voice. The first time around, you may get a little bit of an argument. You may get, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> you, you know how listen. it is. 
and you know, and just be like, and and be ready to be like, wow, brain, you're right. I don't listen. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm here though. Mm-hmm. And the more consistently you show up and and ask and be present and not just like, okay, your brain, you have five minutes to tell me what your problem is. <laughs> be patient. Allow that patience because that's what your brain wants. Think of it as the wounded child. Yes. A hundred percent. Because that's what it is. Absolutely. And you're not going to rush a child. You're not going to tell them, you know, all these negative things. You know, the child has to go through its story first Mm -hmm. and then it's going to tell you, but I'm, but you know, it's going to tell you everything about what the day is. It's not even, doesn't even connect to what its problem is, but then it's going to say, but, but you know, so-and-so did this and I'm really hurt and I'm hurt because this, this, and this allow it to spin its process and just, and to get to you where you need to be. Then you have the ability to either react in compassion, react with understanding, give it a big old hug, because that's what I have to do. I have to visually like just kind of wrapping it in beautiful light as if it's a hug and picturing myself at the age that I was when my mother wasn't listening to me and saying to myself, I validate how you feel. That was, that was, that was big in our process. It's knowing when I had that mantra as a child, knowing when that part of my life showed up where I wasn't being heard, I wasn't being listened to, I wasn't being validated and where I needed to be because I was so in so much pain. I stepped up to that point. I visualized myself at that age and I just looked myself straight in the eye and say, I validate everything that you're saying. You, you are hundred percent correct. Your experience is correct. I validate and I'm sorry. And I give it a, I give, I metaphorically give it a hug because I know that that pain in that moment has created all these other narratives and webs of filters and webs of what I can do and cannot do. And it, it also affects, you know, my current day of not being heard, like not being listened to like, so in healing that moment and working through that moment, over and over it's learned to heal like my now mm-hmm. and the web I love using the word web because it's not just the one thing it touches all the other things and so now I I have less of a need to be right less of a need to feel like I need to shout to be heard and more of a relaxed sense of I know when it's to my time to say and when I'm going to be heard I have a more intuitive sense of knowing when to say my point and I don't have to shout and scream and yell and, and be forceful about it. I know intuitively when it's my time to say what I need to say. So that's, that's why it's so important to create that harmony because when I did that, we, when we do that, we, we, we begin to hear the, I am not enough narrative less and less. Mm -hmm. So I don't hear that so much anymore. I begin to almost even allow myself to open up the idea of acceptance. Like it's just a concept right now for it, but Mm -hmm. it's the first time in my whole life it's ever considered it. Which is a big step in and of itself. Yeah. I mean, even the fact that- it is on board with trying with actually, it's just like, okay, all right, we're, we're, we're moving forward. Oh, in the water. <laughs> <laughs> but it's because we've created a sense of trust. 
we've created a sense of trust with our brain. My heart and the brain have had conversations. They talk, they listen to each other. And over time, the decisions we've made have been correct because they've had it both influence. You know, it'll tell me, I'm, I'm with you, but I don't think you should do it that way because that way seems a little bit risky. And so we come to a compromise, you know? So it's like, I have my heart and my mind is kind of working together. So when I make decisions, it's more on board and less trying to make me feel like crap because it feels safe and that it's being heard. Mm-hmm. It's like a child. A child will open up to you once it feels safe and trust that they can trust you. Absolutely. And that's and, exactly what it is. Is that child opening up to you and being, hi, I'm safe. Yeah. I wasn't safe and I get it. I get it. I was just as mean as everybody else. So why would you open up to any of this possibility? You were going to get shut down. It's true. So, mm-hmm. so that's yeah. why it's so important to connect that heart and that mind. And it's going to bring moments where it's going to test. There will be moments in your life where it'll be tested. And I know I've used this example before and probably in that same episode in, but like shortly thereafter, I was in a restaurant, the chair leg broke. Everybody stared at me because I'm the fat girl sitting on the floor because she broke the chair. Chair was broken to begin with, but whatever. And I went home and I was waiting for that narrative, that barrage of like, Oh, see what happened. See what happened. You're, you're this, you're that you should. But all I got was I'm in high emotion. I don't know how to shut it off. I don't know what to do with all these emotion. And my heart could say, it's okay. I get it. I get it. We're okay. We're going to be okay. Just write out the emotion. Just let it be. It's nothing we need to like shut you down for. And, and we just, it was kind of together. They worked through that embarrassment, the mortification, the idea of worrying about what everybody else judged me for in that moment where no one got up to help me except for one person. Everybody just stared at me. And it was just like this process, but my brain didn't try to go anywhere with it, but it was struggling with the emotion and not knowing what to do with it because it's not learned how to cope with it. But because my heart and them were on board, my heart's like, it's all right. We're going to work through this. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with who we are. It had nothing to do with our worth. It wasn't a reflection of us in the, at all. It was a moment in time that was untoward. And you know what? We're going to be okay. And over, you know, over time, and then I went and took a nap because I was just too exhausted. But so now, because of that pact, that moment didn't create that cellular memory that it would have had my brain experienced it without the assistance of my heart, without the, you know, without the connection, without the parent guiding the child through the crying Mm -hmm. and the upset, without that process, I would have created more trauma and more cellular memory and reinforced some of the narratives that I have. But because I made that decision, that moment allowed my heart to comfort my brain and to say, I get it. It's a lot to feel. And we're just going to ride it out and, and, and just keep up that mantra of it has no reflection of who we are mm-hmm. and, to, and to create a situation where it didn't have lasting effects. It was just that moment. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Creating new, um, you know, just new pathways of thinking. Yeah. Right. I mean, that pause of like, okay, I don't, I don't have to do anything right now. Yeah. But what do I want to do? Yeah. What will be better? What's the, what, what's the old tape that I have thrown away? <laughs> what's the new one? Yeah. What's the new one that I want? that I want to create. And sometimes we don't have the opportunity to create new ones until situations like that show up. And we have to be in that moment too, of being able to say this out of the ordinary, this is not something that we come across very often. So of course we don't know how to handle it. Yeah. Just give yourself that space to give yourself that understanding that this would be like, you know, being thrown in an airplane and being told to pilot it. I wouldn't know what to do then either. And that's okay. (laughs) Cause I don't know how to do it and that's it. And sometimes it's not wrong when your brain's like, I just, and to know it just needs a nap. It's like a kid that's like exhausted emotionally, doesn't know how to deal with anything. What do you do? You put the kid down for a little bit of a nap for them to regroup, for them to like, kind of find their bearing. You just, you talk to them and you just allow them to rest and you just kind of hang out and and reassure them and you let them sleep so that they can get through whatever is overwhelming them. And then they wake up and then they're like, oh, we're good. We're good. 100%. I have more mental capacity to handle all the things. Yes. Now I, re, I rejuvenated myself 100%. We forget to do that. We forget that rest is very important for the re- rejuvenation. We're able to, to accept that with children, right? I have a kid. When she gets like super cranky, I'm like, you're either hungry or tired because you, I mean, you're, you're really good most of the time, but right now you're feeling not really good you're hungry or tired, you know, depending on what time of the day we, 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 we handle it that way. We don't handle it with the idea that there's something inherently wrong. It's just, Hey, there's, there's a lot going on, whatever it was. If we were running around, we know it's physical. If we were around a lot of people, probably energetic either way, we need a break and being able to have that again, like we're retraining our mind to have different concepts of what could be happening so that we can call upon those in these times as possibilities. Yeah. That's all. I mean, we're just trying to retrain, you know, reprogramming is the word that I use all the time because we do, we just have programs. We have programs that are written out of safety. We have programs that are written from success even that sometimes don't serve us because we become very narrow and that being the only way. So when we reprogram, we just seek to improve. We seek to change. We seek to be able to say, Hey man, like that, eh, that's not really working for me anymore. What could be different? Yeah, absolutely. So what's some journal prompts, Miss Vanessa? Um, well, so when we're thinking about this, I think, you know, one of the things that you said um, during this was definitely really important of like, what, um, I guess like kind of what narratives do I have in my brain, Right. And, um, what do I want instead? You know, like we're doing some real concrete thought processes there. What do I want to, to think instead? And then the same thing with our hearts in that same thought, like, what do I feel and what do I want to feel and have those separate? Because what we're trying to do is learn that separation. (laughs) So in order to learn that separation, we have to be able to sit there and go, oh no, that's a feeling. That's not a thought so that we can keep that in mind because we, it's very, it's very easy to think, Oh, I feel that way. And it's like, no, you don't feel that way. <laughs> You've been taught to think immediately out of fear 
that that's what you feel because you're trying to move that process along that fight or flight needs to happen real quick. So we don't have time to feel, (laughs) we don't have time to sit with feelings. We have to act and that's our brain. So I think that would be a good prompt for sure. I'm going to throw one in there. Um, In the quietness, ask your brain what it needs. And in a sense of like, what, what, what is it feeling? What does it want? What does it need? What is it seeking? Um, In a general sense, you know, maybe it's, it has an issue with not being heard. Maybe it has an issue with that. You ask it too many questions, like (laughs) maybe, Maybe there's that side of the narrative. So, you know, really take a moment and get in touch with your brain and ask it its role. Like, what are you here to show me? What are you here? What are you afraid of? What do you need that I'm not giving you? Um, Kind of have an open-ended conversation with it. See if it gives you some answers. See if you have some epiphanies like I did about, you know, my mother creating the same type of environment I did for my brain and, and, and me re, re like furthering that. So see, see where you, your brain is at and see what it has to say. And I think that that's a big one to check into. Yeah. And let it go. I mean, if you go, if you, if you start with these prompts and it starts to take you into other like ways that your brain has blank in your life, let it go. <laughs> like, this is not to say that you should do this and do this only because I mean, what we're trying to do is get that those wheels in motion so that you can learn how to go within and allow it, allow that to be a safe process versus a scary process, which is why I think a lot of people don't do it because they're afraid of what's going to come in there. But when we think and, and, and this happens a lot in my sessions when people are doing it more analytically, like they're just trying to label something. It, it's like there, there's enough detachment from it yeah. that it becomes a task and the taskness of it allows for more to come out. Yep. And because they're not trying to judge it, they're not like so super like, oh, it's going to be ugly. It's very task oriented. And so that's why we're giving journal prompts, right? Like we could tell you to sit down and, and just go, well, what does heart and mind mean to you? What? <laughs> like I'm all in my feels about it already. <laughs> I don't want to do that. So um, yeah, I think, you know, just even if you come up with a message that, you know, Hey, here's, here's what, what happened at 12 and here's what I needed at 25, but I don't think I need that anymore. You know, like it, yeah. if, if it takes you on a journey to see your web, that's even more beautiful. Because we're trying, (laughs) we're examining right now. Like we don't, none of this, I think, you know, sometimes the, the thought process is is like, I don't want I don't want the ugly to come out. It's like, it's just you and the ugly at this point. We don't have to share it. We don't have to put it out there. You don't have to, the vulnerability can stay with you. Yep. We're not going to ask you to read your journal prompts. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> this is this is you on discovery and if you can say if you can honestly feel that you have compassion for yourself in that moment you can see it as that wounded child to say i can do this with some compassion a little bit of detachment a little bit of compassion and i can be open to what i'm seeing then allow it to be because we would never condemn or be disappointed or scared about a child I think sometimes seeing it as that wounded child helped me understand that I needed to nurture it 
I mean, that it needed nurturing. Um, sometimes you just need to say, okay, brain, you know, download, you know, give, give a download. I'm just here to witness, you know, it's yeah. The, whatever way works for you, please, please employ it and, and, and do what you can little bits and pieces. You don't need the whole narrative in one day. Trust me. It takes time. It's not something that happens overnight. And I encourage you that, you know, that you take what you do find to your therapist, talk to your therapist about it, or get a therapist and talk to your therapist about it. Or if you feel like I need some energetic clearing, I'm clearing some cellular memory by hearing this and understanding it. I need an energy worker, find a healer. Absolutely. Or come have a session with us. Yeah. We are here for you. We are here to help you on your process. So, and we hope that this has helped you understand your supporting actresses or actors, depending on what you want to call them and how they really are going to help you be the star of your own show. Yeah. Going forward. Yes. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for taking this journey with me. And we'll see you next week. Love you guys. Love you. Thank you for joining us on Freud's Angels. We are thankful for each of you opening up your heart to us. To continue the healing, connect with us on Instagram at Freud's underscore angels and on Facebook at Freud's Angels. Please subscribe to the show so that we may help you continue your journey. And remember to give us some love in the review section. If anything we've talked about today has triggered an emotional or mental crisis, please call 911 or head to the nearest emergency center. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.